Welcome to the Four Pillar Fitness Podcast. As always, I am Coach Phil Houston, and I'm excited to be with you for the third installment of the series, Research Roundup. Uh, this is where I grab three research studies that have some connection um, and put them together for you. Uh, first, let's dispense with some housekeeping. If you're listening to this on iTunes, would you mind leaving me a five-star rating? Uh, if you like what you hear, of course, and leave a comment so that others know uh, there's something of value here. I'm grateful you're here, and I promise to do my best to deliver the goods today. So here we go. I'm going to discuss three research studies. As I mentioned, all the common theme. Today's theme is heart health. First up is a study that should make all my crazy CrossFit on crack kind of listeners happy. Uh, no shot at CrossFit there, gang. Uh, the men, at least. This study found that if you're the kind of guy who likes doing clean and jerks while you're rock climbing and running a Spartan race all at the same time, your heart should be just fine. Uh, we've all heard that exercise is the best preventive medicine. Have you ever wondered how much is an overdose? Dr. Benjamin Levine, a sports cardiologist at the Institute for Exercise and Environmental Medicine, or IEM, led a study to find out. Uh, the IEM is a collaboration between the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center and Texas Health Presbyterian Hospital of Dallas. Apparently, Texans, especially Presbyterian Texans, are very keen on heart health, but I digress a little. Uh, Dr. Levine and his band of fun-loving bipeds uh, use coronary calcium scanning to classify nearly 22,000 generally healthy men ages 40 to 48 with no cardiac symptoms as either low, intermediate, or high risk for heart attack. This test shows how much calcium is accumulated in the blood vessels. That accumulation is connected to cholesterol deposits and generally considered a risk factor for heart attack. Of the study sample, approximately 1,600 of the men reported exercising in what the researchers considered a high volume, high intensity manner. This means at least five to six hours per week at a running pace of 10 minutes per mile or the equivalent, the cardiovascular equivalent that is. The men were predominantly runners, but there were some cyclists, some swimmers, rowers, and even some who trained in three or more of them. Uh, the men were followed between 1998 and 2013. I like long follow studies. I think they're really, they're excellent. Uh, it's a great way to really see what's going on in someone's life. While it was discovered that the men in the high-volume, high-intensity group were more likely to have elevated coronary calcium, stay with me here, kids, they were also the least likely to die from cardiovascular disease and heart attack. In fact, during that 15-year period, only 10 of the nearly 1,600 men in the highest activity group died of cardiovascular disease. The takeaway here is that while high levels of physical activity may increase your coronary artery calcification, it also seems to be responsible for a significant reduction in the risk of death from cardiovascular disease. However, if you're part of the clean and jerk while rock climbing and running a Spartan race crowd, it won't prevent death by dumb stuff. So let's be careful out there. That's one for all you Hill Street Blue fan, Blues fans out there. All right, next up on the roundup, a study correlating your ability to bang up push-ups and your heart health. According to researchers at Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, what, what is that exactly, public health? I always wanted to know. Anyway, we might be able to toss out all those fancy, expensive machines for testing cardiac health. A simple push-up test might just be the way to tell between the healthy hearts and the ones about to give out. Okay, not exactly. However, according to Justin Yang, one of the researchers, quote, our findings provide evidence that push-up capacity could be an easy, no-cost method to help assess cardiovascular disease risk in almost any setting. Surprisingly, push-up capacity was more strongly associated with cardiovascular disease risk than the results of submaximal treadmill tests, unquote. Researchers analyzed health data from 1,104 active male firefighters collected between 2000 and 2010. 
the guys had their push-up capacity and submax treadmill exercise tolerance tested at the start and had completed annual physical exams and health and medical questionnaires every year, that is. During the 10 years, 37 cardiovascular disease incidents were reported. In all but one of these, the men in question could not perform 40 push-ups during the baseline exam. That calculates to a 96% reduced risk for men who can complete 40 or more push-ups, at least in this study. Feel pretty good because I think I could knock out at least 50 or 60 push-ups. Something I've always been pretty good at, so I guess I'm going to live forever. Uh, there are problems with this study. All right, Push-up capacity was not necessarily tested annually, so we don't know if it got better or worse over time. The sample size is small to medium, with subjects self-reporting each year. Sure, like you've never lied on a health questionnaire. Remember these questions? How many alcoholic drinks do you consume each week? How many sexual partners have you had? How many of those mushrooms did you eat? Oh, sorry, that last one was from a fraternity house dinner back in college. Sorry about that. Um, flashbacks. Anyway, it would also have been more effective if cardiac blood work had been taken at the time of the baseline test and upon an annual retest. However, the study does emphasize the importance of physical fitness on health and certainly points to why doctors and medical professionals should assess fitness of their patients along with other important factors. All right, we've got one more study to go, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the podcast. For this last study, I've got a treat for you. This is a study whose results haven't even been released yet. Yeah, you're in the inner circle, gang. It'll be presented at the American College of Cardiology's upcoming 68th annual scientific session. That sounds like a real humdinger, doesn't it? But this study indicates that while elite athletes are often at peak fitness, they aren't immune to potentially detrimental heart conditions later in life. In fact, they may be at a higher risk for them. Maybe. The study is the first one to look at how an athlete's body type, along with training style, i.e. strength versus endurance-based training, may influence changes in the heart shape years later. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lead study author Genevieve Smith, PhD, said, quote, because of their years of athletic training at the most elite level, there tends to be an expectation that former professional players, in this case NFL players, would have fewer cardiovascular issues. But there's a growing body of research that suggests that's not the case. Our study suggests that we need to be vigilant in monitoring players' cardiovascular health because we don't yet truly understand the long-term consequences of high-performance athletics, unquote. Elite athletes often exhibit changes in the shape and the size of their hearts in response to the intense and advanced level of training they undergo. These changes are often referred to as, quote, unquote, the athlete's heart. One aspect of athlete's heart is left ventricle or ventricular hypertrophy. Let me say that again. One of the aspects of athlete's heart is left ventricular hypertrophy or ventricle hypertrophy or LVH. Easier to say, right? LVH isn't considered dangerous when it develops in response to training. In the general population, however, it can often be a consequence of uncontrolled high blood pressure and is therefore connected to an increased risk of heart disease. So for this study, the researchers looked at echocardiograms and heart images from 1,172 1 former NFL players, along with blood pressure measurements and demographic factors. LVH was found in about 12% of former players. Now this tracks pretty closely with the general public, but it also appeared to be connected to increased rates of hypertension which you wouldn't expect from former elite athletes or elite athletes. Former players with severe LVH had much higher blood pressure, averaging 13 millimeters of mercury higher than those without it. Those, that's a significant jump, guys. It's 13 points, basically. 
those players with hypertension were 1.5 times more likely to have LVH than those without it. So there's a clear interconnection here, but what is it? Dr. Smith said, quote, in spite of the fact that these guys were at one point incredibly active and in an incredibly good cardiovascular shape, down the line, they may still end up having some significant cardiovascular abnormalities. What we don't know is whether the changes we're seeing later in life are related to the high blood pressure or to the athlete's heart that they had when they were professional players, unquote. Interesting to me is the connection of the type of left ventricle hypertrophy the players had. In concentric LVH, the ventricle wall is thicker and larger, but the chamber is normal. The chamber is where the blood collects during the filling cycle of the heartbeat. In eccentric LVH, both the ventricle wall and the chamber are enlarged. Eccentric LVH is likely a result of training, concentric more likely to occur as a result of uncontrolled hypertension. So in concentric LVH, essentially the wall, if you will, intrudes into the chamber, meaning the chamber can hold less blood during the filling cycle. The other interesting connection uncovered is that of position, in other words, the position they played in the NFL, to the likelihood of LVH. Those players whose positions benefited from size and emphasize strength-based training, such as linemen, fullbacks, running backs, and linebackers, they were more likely to have uh, LVH. Those in skill and speed-based positions, like receivers, safeties, cornerbacks, returners, they were less likely to have LVH. Um, you know, as far as linemen go, I was a college lineman, high school and college lineman. I'll tell you that it might also be, you know, connected to the diet that they ate, because those guys were always trying to get bigger, right? And that, that might have something to do with it. But we're digressing here. So what's the takeaway from this study? Former NFL players, and this is the crazy part, they are no more likely to have LVH than the general population. That wouldn't be interesting by itself. However, in light of the years they spent training at elite levels and the high degree of cardiovascular fitness they enjoyed, it's interesting that they don't seem to enjoy any improvement in cardiovascular health long term. The bottom line on today's research roundup might just be this. Give your heart a workout frequently. Take care of it, and it'll take care of you. Even if you're an NFL lineman, someone who loves push-ups or someone more prone or someone prone to more extreme measures of exercise and fitness. Hey, thank you for joining me today. You know how to reach me. You can get me on Instagram at Coach Phil Houston. Just spell the last name right, H-U-E-S-T-O-N, through my website, CoachPhilHouston.wordpress.com. New website title coming very soon, by the way. And also on Twitter, at Phil Houston. It's, again, spell the last name right, H-U-E-S-T-O-N. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I, I, I'm grateful for every one of my listeners, and I thank you for taking the time to be with me today. I hope you learned something. And as always, keep the faith and keep after it.